From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. This broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, a subject of vital importance for the Church of Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. We know of a place in England still existing where a dole of bread is served to every passerby who chooses to ask for it. Whoever the traveler may be, he has but to knock at the door of St. Cross Hospital, and there is the dole of bread for him. Jesus Christ so loveth sinners that he has built a St. Cross hospital, so that whenever a sinner is hungry, he has but to knock and have his wants supplied. Nay, he has done better. He has attached to this hospital of the cross a bath, and whenever a soul is black and filthy, it has but to go there and be washed. The fountain is always full, always efficacious. No sinner ever went into it and found that it could not wash away his stains. Sins which were scarlet and crimson have all disappeared, and the sinner has been whiter than snow. As if this were not enough, there is attached to this hospital of the cross a wardrobe, and a sinner making application simply as a sinner may be clothed from head to foot, and if he wishes to be a soldier, he may not merely have a garment for ordinary wear, but armor which shall cover him from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head." If he asks for a sword, he shall have that given to him, and a shield, too. Nothing that is good for him shall be denied him. He shall have spending money so long as he lives, and he shall have an eternal heritage of glorious treasure when he enters into the joy of his Lord. If all these things are to be had by merely knocking at mercy's door, O my soul, knock hard this morning, and ask large things of thy generous Lord. Leave not the throne of grace till all thy wants have been spread before the Lord, and until by faith thou hast a comfortable prospect that they shall all be supplied. No bashfulness need retard when Jesus invites. No unbelief should hinder when Jesus promises. No cold-heartedness should restrain when such blessings are to be obtained.
At this season of the year, the thoughts of God's people turn with special emphasis to the miracle of the Incarnation, the incomprehensible truth of Emmanuel, God with us. To assist you in meditating upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world, we're happy to offer a unique publication called The Twelve Days of Christmas. Written by Roger Ellsworth, an experienced minister and writer, The Twelve Days of Christmas is a small paperback book containing 24 devotions, each including a short scripture reading, several paragraphs, and a concluding to-think-about section that draws lines of application from the text to modern-day life. The book is intended to help the hearts and minds of believers to focus on the wonder of the Incarnation, as well as to encourage unbelievers to come in repentance and faith to Christ. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make this inspirational booklet available free of charge to our listening audience. You may have a copy simply by contacting us by phone, email, or regular mail. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. We encourage you to request your free copy of The Twelve Days of Christmas While Supplies Last.
This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Today he brings the next portion of a message based on Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, the first part of that verse, Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. As he sought to teach the Corinthian Christians how to live godly, holy lives in the midst of a morally corrupt society, Paul pointed them to the gospel of Christ, reminding them that their bodies were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Previously, Dr. Cairns began explaining what the Bible means when it says that believers are indwelt by the Spirit of God. Today, he'll provide further instruction of those truths. Then he'll go on to show the necessity of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now with today's message, here is Dr. Cairns. Can I say that the greatest problems to holiness are easily overcome when a man sees by faith the glory of Jesus Christ. I'll go further, and I will say that the most binding habits of sin are as easily snapped in the life of a believer as Samson of old found it easy to snap the cords with which he was bound. They are as easily snapped as that in the life of a believer when he sees the glory of Jesus Christ. I'll go even further. In Christian service, the things that we feel responsible to do and yet they bind us because we feel so incapable of doing them. Those things will be easily performed, joyfully performed, when we get a vision of the glory of Christ. Now you apply that to your own experience. I will tell you it's my experience and it's the experience of every Christian I have ever spoken to and I believe it's grounded solidly in the Word of God that when you have your eyes on Christ, you can do what's otherwise impossible. But if you don't have your eyes on Christ, you cannot do even what would appear childishly simple. The key to everything in the Christian life therefore is placed in our very hands here. The Holy Spirit indwells every Christian. Remember that. Holiness, therefore, victory, Christian service, all these things, they are not placed in the hands of just a few. They are in the hands of every Christian because the Holy Spirit abides within every Christian and doing so, He shines in them to let them see Christ. I don't want to push the analogy to the temple too far. But let me say this. He says, you are the holy place. You are the sanctuary. Where did the Shekinah glory of God dwell in the tabernacle and in the temple? It dwelt peculiarly in the sanctuary. It sat on top of the mercy seat. And it's very interesting that when the New Testament came to be written, when the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, wanted to speak of Christ as our propitiation, he used the very word that the Old Testament Greek translators had used 
of the mercy seat. Christ is our mercy seat. The Holy Spirit is shining in the very place where he will let you see all that has been purchased by the blood of Christ. And I want to tell you, that is the key to Christian living. It's the key to the joy and the power of God in the life. Again, you think of the Spirit indwelling the believer as in the temple. You'll find that he fills the believer with the glorious reality of the presence of Christ. How did the Israelites know that God was present? Because the glory dwelt in the holy place. The presence of the Lord Jesus Christ is made real in the life by the indwelling Holy Spirit. If you take particular attention when you read John 14, verses 16 and 18, you'll find the Lord Jesus makes two promises. He promises that He will pray the Father to send the Spirit he says, I will come to you. I don't believe that at that time he's speaking of the second coming at all. But he's saying how he will come immediately for the comfort and the blessing and the edification of his people. He says, I'll come with my spirit. The indwelling spirit seals the presence of Christ in the life. If you are saved, the spirit of Christ dwells in you. He lives in you. Therefore, you ought not to have to live out of fellowship with Christ without the knowledge of the Lord's presence, without the glory of Him filling and flooding the land. The Spirit gives you the presence of Christ. And then, as the glory in the temple, He does something else. He shows the Lord's glory through you to a world that's lost in sin. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. The metaphor changes slightly here, but the truth is just the same. God fills a man or indwells that man with his spirit. He makes that man a witness. I don't want to go over the area that I dealt with the last Sunday morning we were on the subject. But let me say to you, there is a sense in which all God has to say to the world, he says through his church. There's a sense in which all he has to say to sinners, he says through individual Christians. Now, I know that God is sovereign, and I wouldn't for a moment try to limit the power of God and the ability of God. But I can say that it is most unusual for God to reach a sinner without using a Christian. Most unusual. Let's realize then what God has done for us when he came to indwell us with his spirit. He seals our relationship with himself and then he brings us to the place where he can show us Christ. He brings us to the place where we can feel the presence of Christ and he brings us to the place where we can 
show Christ to a world that's lost and sin. And that's the meaning of the indwelling of the Spirit. In the light of this, the second thing I want to talk to you about is the necessity of the indwelling of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to be very brief here, but I'm going to be very pointed. Regenerate souls are all indwelt by the Spirit of God. When does the Holy Spirit take up his abode within you? As soon as he regenerates you. That's when he takes up his abode within you. Not before. Unregenerate souls are said in Jude verse 19, to have not the Spirit. Those who have not the Spirit, therefore, are still unregenerate. Here's the necessity of the indwelling Spirit. If God the Holy Ghost does not dwell within you, my friend, you are yet dead in your sins, without God, without Christ, and without hope. That's the first thing. Again, we can say that the indwelling of the Spirit is absolutely essential, because without the Holy Spirit, as we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, you are none of Christ's. Now let those awful words sink in. If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He doesn't belong to him. He's not acknowledged by Christ. He's not owned by Christ. He's cut off from Christ. But he's baptized. He still doesn't belong to Christ. But he's joined the church. He still doesn't belong to Christ. But he's even joined the deacon board. Well, he still doesn't belong to Christ. He may mount the pulpit. He may be an ordained minister. But he does not belong to Christ. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. It is absolutely essential for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you must be born again. There must be the indwelling of the Spirit. You must be the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if not, you don't belong to Christ. Of course, we can put that a third way. Second Corinthians 13 and 5, Christ dwells in you. Otherwise, you're reprobates. Reprobates. Cast off as useless. Rejected in judgment by God Almighty. If you have not the Spirit of God. There's an absolute necessity here. Now, I want you to just think in that before we move on and finish the message. Because we live in a day, even in fundamentalism, when Christianity is being reduced to so many do's and don'ts. Christianity is being brought down to a mere mechanical thing. And the mystery and sovereignty and necessity of the ministry of the Spirit of God are all being denied. In fact, how often there is an emphasis on what you do to get to heaven. My friend, I say to you this morning, if you're in this meeting and you're not saved, there is one place for you to be, and it is in your face before God, to cry out, Lord, have mercy on this dead sinner. Lord, quicken me by your Spirit. 
Lord, give me life and light and liberty and salvation. I can't do it myself. Oh, I can join a church and go to hell. I can turn over a new leaf and walk the clean side of the street and still go to hell. Lord, I need to be saved. I need to be regenerated. I need to be made a new creature. I need life, not just the shell. I need life. I need that inner working of the Spirit of God. That, my friend, is essential to Bible Christianity. How will you recognize the working of the Spirit of God? How will you recognize it? I'm not a believer. I believe in the mystery of the working of the Spirit, but I'm not a believer in mysticism. And I'll explain why. When God works in you, He wants you to know it. How can you know whether the Holy Spirit is the one who's working within you or not. I was reading yesterday one of, in one of the best little books on the Holy Spirit. I've mentioned it before by Octavius Winslow. Where others spend their time in great scholarship, he spends his time in great passion, writing with great fervor. And he pointed this out. When the Holy Spirit comes to regenerate a man, when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell a man, the Holy Spirit always leads that man to Christ and to his blood. Did nature ever lead a man to true repentance? Did nature ever lead a man to acknowledge the all-sufficient blood of Christ? Did nature ever lead a man to glorify the finished sacrifice of the cross and cast himself entirely upon the merits of that shed blood? No, sir. For the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. My friend, if you have ever been brought in honest confession of your own guilt and sin, Cry to God for the cleansing, saving virtue and value of the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've ever been brought to acknowledge Him as the one and only Savior, Redeemer and Lord, then I tell you, that is the product of the Spirit of God. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. 
Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the Bible speak. 